Grab a cup of joe and gather round the hay bale with your hosts, Alicia from Country Mama Musings, Casey from Ormsby Farms, Casey from Boots and Bounty Homestead, Lisa from Yogi Hollow Farm, and Monica from Bland's Promised Land Ranch. Now, here they are. Hey, y'all. Hey. Good morning, good morning. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Round the Hay Bale. I'm Alicia. I'm Casey. I'm Lisa. And I'm Monica. Welcome back to the Hay Bale. Casey from Ormsby Farms is out this week and he will join us back on January 10th. So from gardening to cooking and canning, we've got what you need. Tune in every week to get tips and tricks from us along with our weekly guest host. It's a new year and a new hay bale. And YouTuber Sandy from Suburban Homestead, Wyoming, Arizona, WY-AZ, joins us as our guest host this week. Yay! Welcome. Welcome, welcome. So how was everybody's New Year's Eve? It was quiet and lovely. And we dance. Ooh, Lady Boots was dancing. I was trying. I, I technically can't for a while, but yeah, I was trying. <laughs> Don't tell she my dog. She got her shimmy on. She got her shimmy on. I did a little bit sitting there. <laughs> what did you do, Lisa? Very quiet. We were a little bit under the weather ourselves. Um, so really quiet, just stayed at home. Um, thankfully, we're all feeling better. Uh, Diesel had a weird allergic reaction. So um, not the issues that most people are dealing with right now. So we're thankful for what it was. So, And but for right. those listening, Diesel is your dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think most people know that, but that's a great point. Yeah. Diesel is my dog. He woke up... Um, one day and in the morning he was fine and an hour later he was just swollen to bits you couldn't believe it and they think it was a spider bite so we were dealing with that and some illness but we're all doing better thank you i'm glad yeah. you, Monica. thank yes. you so yeah so we um we had some illness run through earlier in the week right after christmas and so we ended up canceling our big party every year we do like well, for years, we've done like a huge party where we just invite, you know, three or four other families, which ends up being pretty huge for us because we start out at 10 and then we expand on that. And now actually we start out at 11 because of my daughter-in-law and then we expand on that. And so we we have a party and it's usually kind of bigish where we actually years ago, probably about 10 years ago, we bought these cups and people would write their name on the cups and they would write the year and they would draw a little picture or whatever they want, a little slogan. And then we'd put the cups away, they're plastic. And then we would wash them the following year and bring them back out. And whoever was there would re-get their cup or they would borrow another person's cup if we didn't, you know, the other person wasn't there. And we've been doing that for so long. And even when we moved from Maryland to Texas, we kept it going with new people. And so we didn't have a big party this year and it was kind of low key, but my sister came over and my in-laws 
and my kids were all here and um, we still did our cups and we played lots of games. We got a new game called Farkle. It's kind of sounds weird, but that was fun. I love and, Farkle. Yeah. And then there's a new game called um, Hues and Cues. It's like this giant board of colors and you have to, you have a color that you're dished and people have to guess which color when you describe it by like one word. It is the craziest game and looking at it, to my heat, to my mind, it looks overwhelming. I'm like, no thanks. But then I heard everybody play it once and I was like, okay, I'll play that. And then we played another game almost like that um, okay boomer game where you have the generational trivia. Yeah, that was fun. And we did boys against girls. And of course, you know, we're a big family, so we can do that. And we had like, yeah, it was pretty intense for a while there. The girls did not win. We lost just by one, I think. But we we were able to we were able to hold our own. It was it was pretty awesome though. We had a fun time. Any plans for the new year, you guys? I have a pretty interesting plan. I I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to see, but I did go live this weekend with Papa Jim, and we have a new pinata budgetary kind of a game thing we're doing with a carnival wheel that spins and money floating all over the table and we're stuffing a pinata and then we're going to take a stick to it in six months and beat the crud out of it and see what we got. You have to tune in. It's a lot of fun. That's our big plan for this year is this project pinata. Lots of fun. That's Ooh. awesome. Be, okay. be interesting to see how much, how much money you have in there. Cause I did watch the live. So I was just curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, if, if, and you saw that we might be heading your direction. We'll see what destination we choose with all that money. We're going to pick we're yep. going to pick something off of our bucket list and, and actually travel with whatever's stuffed in the pinata. That's awesome. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. I think for us, the biggest uh, plan that we have, and I'm excited about it, is breeding the pigs. Um, I was doing doing some research on, uh, we have Cooney Cooney pigs, for those of you who don't know that, and they take longer to mature than commercial hogs. So the cool part is, is Sherman is a year old and usually about six or eight months, they're physically ready, but mentally they need more confidence. So we're building Sherman's confidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, he's, he should be ready by the spring and Eleanor should also be ready because she will be a year in February. Um, so it's actually ideal conditions came together because usually they say the guilts you can breed them um about three months before they're a year old because that increases litter size which i'm not looking to have these huge litters but it's just it's it's a good time and it's health wise when to breed them so excited about that but we're going to do it when we can time it with some good weather i don't want our first litter to be when we have negative temperatures how about you monica well, I was going to ask, when does your, when does your weather break for you? When were you looking to start breeding? <laughs> I was going to say, does it ever break? Really? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, yeah. So I'm toying back and forth with it, but you know, you know, the gestation is three months, three weeks, three days, give or take. Cause Coonies I think are a couple days longer. Um, so I think that we're thinking um, May babies because we could still be freezing, but it's just, I think, a better time than having the first litter in March or April. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to wait till she's a year before we breed her. Yeah. 
That's a good call. Uh, we have a lot of different plans. We actually put a video out this morning. I need to go back when we're finished here and go add a card to it. But we put a video out this morning. Um, it was supposed to go out on Friday, but well, Monica's a slacker. So um, <laughs> it was our last video of 2021. And we kind of sat down and talked about our goals and what we accomplished. It was really cool because um, I like to sit back sometimes and look at what we've done. It's really neat. You see all these people doing their Instagram reels and stuff and all the different kind of recaps. And I, I get all emotional watching that stuff because I think about how far you've come in a year. And yeah, um, yeah I'm excited because I've got some plans for this year and um, I'm looking forward to some things. We didn't even talk about it, but we're going to with our pigs and stuff, we're going to be changing up our, our pig breeding program, I think. And I think we're going to kind of out with the old and in with the new. So I've got two really large um, breeders that I work with. And um, I think it might be time to consider having them go and bring in some fresh blood so that um, we can kind of work a little bit from, you know, new program. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I'm excited for this year. What about you, uh, Lady Boots? Well, we've been debating on building a new chicken coop because, you know, we still live in the city. So all we have, you know, are just chickens. And we're supposed to have just a limited number of chicken, but y'all know how chicken math goes. And yeah, so as long as that don't bother anybody, we're good. But we had originally built a, a stationary little barn looking chicken coop that has the little um, nesting boxes on the sides and you can lift up the sides and do everything from the outside. Um, and it's really nice. I love that one. But then we built, we built a matching chicken tractor that, you know, we were going to have the good idea of moving around the yard, you know, and, and all that stuff. That, the sucker is a little heavy and we don't have the correct wheels on it. And now our chickens have outgrown it and I'm watching them and I'm like, they really need a place to fly, you know, stretch their wings a little bit. And, and I don't like having them cooped up in there. So what I'm thinking is we may deconstruct the tractor and save the barn coop you know, for later after we move because we didn't sink it in the ground or nothing. And um, so I think we're going to just save that one for later and build like a duplex style since we have two flocks. We've tried to put them together, but they just flew out of the fence. So we can't put them together. So we're going to build like one chicken coop, but make it a duplex and then have two runs around the outside that will look like one big run, but we'll have them split. So that's, one of our plans that we want to get done. But other than that, we won't really make plans. We just kind of fly by the seat of our pants and see what happens. <laughs> yep. So Casey, you're going to build a chicken condo. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I'm, excited. I'm excited. It's going to match on both sides, you know, and, and I've already got pictures of it and everything. Cause I always like sketch out and plan everything. I'm the planner and the construction worker and all that stuff. And then, I tell Steven, okay, let's go do it. You know, and then we go do it and put it together. So I'm excited for that. And I'm, I don't know, just dreaming about it. And we got snow. So um, I'm waiting on it to get good and muddy and slushy and oh. leave. <laughs> how, how much snow did you end up getting by you? Um, I don't think you guys can see out there. It looks white out there right now, but yeah, uh, I can still see the grass through it. It's not even. In the grass, it's not much. Just a dusting is what we call it. Just a dusting. On railing and stuff, it probably got like an inch and a half. Yeah, wow. it wasn't, but it can leave anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a few flurries here in uh, Texas, and I think that was about it. And I was happy I didn't see it. I probably would have had a panic attack. I do not, <laughs> do not, 
I'm like, no, everything's frozen already still this morning. Eric's waking up super early in the middle of the night and trying to put, you know, more logs in the fire because that's what we heat our entire house with is our, you know, our wood stove. So, yeah, I'm like, can we just have Texas back? Where's 50s and right. 40s? And give me some 60s again. It's fine. You can well, come back. Week. I'm ready for it. We're fixing to go back into the 50s this week. Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to be in the 50s and 60s. I was so happy when I saw 60s for the weather update. I was like, oh, yes, please come back to me. <laughs> yes. I knew you would come back to me. Ladies here in Iowa, I, I think it was on Saturday night, our wind chill was negative 31 and our stove quit working. So we didn't have heat that night. So we spent all day yesterday doing pellet stove maintenance and getting all that ready. So we have heat again. So I'm happy about that. But <clears throat> I love the snow here. Yeah, I love it too. In fact, I, I miss it because we've not had a lot. We wake up, we get we get it like a dusting lately. Last year, we had tons of it. But here's the key, you Southern ladies, <laughs> is that when it's snowing, it's usually not frigid. That's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> usually when it's frigid, it's not snowing. <laughs> so. hey, our snow and our temperatures down here, you know, yesterday we got sleet. So we got a bunch of sleet right before it snowed. So it kind of coated everything so the snow would stick, except for on the, the asphalt and concrete and stuff. You know, so everything's stuck on the grass. You know, and it, the wind, when it snows down here, the wind will cut you in half. Yep. So, you know, y'all up there are like negative this, negative that. And I'm like, y'all can keep that mess up there because down here, anything negative, we wouldn't be able to go outside, you know, yep. because the wind is like glass. Yeah. So it's a mind thing, you know, in the difference. You have to know northern temperatures and southern temperatures are totally different in the way they attack us. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, no, y'all can. It's so true because um, I was talking to Sandy before the the show and, you know, I was saying, why is it when, you know, it's yesterday it was 38 and I was cold. I put my coveralls on. Meanwhile, when it was in the single digits, I was out there in my regular hoodie and a vest and mm -hmm. a glove, my, my right oh. hand, because I'm carrying a bucket and it's wet, you know? So, and I was saying, why is that? And, you know, she brought up a good point. It's because of the humidity is higher when it's, a little warmer compared to when it's so cold, you know, because yeah. when it's single digits, like it's cold, don't get me wrong. But if there's no wind, it's not bad at all. Right. It's the wind that cuts through you. Like, like uh, Casey was saying. Mm -hmm. And like Monica with her dry heat, you know, in Texas, you come to Tennessee, you can't breathe. It's like right. being underwater. <laughs> it's like and we can't go outside because it's so wet in the air. We, it's yep. funny because, you know, people, when we moved down here, they were like, oh, well, you're used to that. You know, you're not used to the humidity down here. And I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Because maybe down in Houston, but we have humidity up here in the in the north part of Texas. But coming yep. from Maryland, living literally on the Chesapeake Bay area, like mm -hmm. there, it was different. And like you said, the wind is what kills you here. I mean, I go outside just the other day, I was out in that garden pulling some of my veggies and stuff. And I was texting with you, Casey, and my ears are like burning at this point. And I'm like, no more. I got to go inside. And it was only, it was only like getting down to the forties. But that point I was already starting to like, my hands were cold and my ears were hurting because the wind was so intense. I was like, that's enough. I'm good. I'm going in. I'll see you all in 60 <laughs> degrees. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the garden guys. I won't be back out until it's 60 degrees. No more. <laughs> so 
I remember when we first moved to Iowa and we would have those overcast snowy days and it would be cold. And then we would have this breakout day where all of the clouds would go away and it would be sunshiny and beautiful with blue skies. And I said to my sister one day, I said, oh, what a beautiful, glorious day after all of these clouds and snow. And she said, oh, hang on to your hat. It's going to be cold today. And I said, what do you mean? Look at the sun is shining. It's beautiful. And she said, those clouds insulate us. When all those clouds go away and it's a bright, sunshiny day, there's nothing insulating all this cold and it gets colder. And boy, she was right. Every time we have the beautiful, sunshiny day when we've had a lot of snow, it is bitter cold out there. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about some of our goals and our things and what we're doing and some of the weather, um, we hope everybody there out there in the chat and listening to us had a very happy new year. And I want to thank everybody for tagging us in their holiday photos. Now we randomly chose a holiday picture to share on live on this episode. So I think we're going to put that up to see. Oh, that's that beautiful. Neat. So thanks to Jason at Gardening with Goody for sharing such a cute picture. That is adorable. Again, a big thanks to our mods for helping us out with answering some questions today. We're shooting this episode for our live podcast distribution. So we as hosts, we're not going to be able to respond back to any questions in the chat. So if you have questions, please make sure you use the capital letter Q so that our mods can see that, reach out to them so they can assist you. And thank you guys for all of your patience as they respond back to your questions. I apologize. I had myself muted. Our first guest host of 2022 is a YouTubing homesteader with a following that amasses 67,000 followers, helping oh. viewers with gardening and homesteading topics from her homestead in Wyoming and Arizona. Please welcome to the hay bale, Sandy. And I'm going to put her up here. Hello, good morning. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you. So glad you're here with us. I'm so excited to be here. I, I have told everybody on YouTube and all my social media that I'm just stoked. <laughs> We're stoked. We're so okay. stoked to have you. And right now you're in Arizona, correct? We are, yes, for six months. Arizona, six months, Wyoming. Awesome. So well, we what all, is your, oh, sorry. Alicia, I'm sorry. I thought we were going to hop into questions, Lisa. I will wait for you. No, go right ahead. Uh, we had some questions that we were going to ask Sandy as our guest host, and I see my name as listed as asking first. Um, so I'm just going to jump right out of the frying pan and into the fire and ask Sandy, you know, Sandy, I was watching back over some of your videos and I just loved your, um, your container gardening, your your stamp gardening, the postage stamp gardening uh -huh. challenge that you had. And I happen to be somebody who does, I'm going to say 95% of my gardening in raised garden beds, container gardens. And I thought that postage stamp gardening challenge was just perfect. I'm so sorry that I missed that. I would have loved to have done that with you. 
And I want to know as we're dead in the winter here, but we're all going to start preparing our garden soon for the spring. And I'd like to know what is your top tip for those of us who do container or square foot gardening and raised beds? What's your tip for getting our soil ready for this spring season coming up? Well, I think probably my biggest tip to you would be um, adding your amendments early before you plant. And if it's at all possible, raising that temperature in your soil. And that might be putting plastic over it, um, putting a hoop so that it can warm up so that when you're ready, you can really just dive into planting and the soil all the way down in that raised bed is already warmed because mm -hmm. it can't because on a raised bed, you might get, you know, four to six inches of warmth just from the sun. But if there's a lot of changing in weather, you've planted those plants. And when it, they start to root down, that soil is cold and that stunts them. That's a great point. What's your favorite thing to amend your soil with in those raised garden beds? Um, compost. <laughs> Definitely compost. And Back in Wyoming, we have three compost bins that we're always rotating, adding. But if you don't have a compost bin, there, there are a lot of good composts that you can buy in bags to add. If you have animals, rabbit manure, aged chicken manure, anything like that is just fabulous in a raised bed. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. So now, of course, as the name says, Wyoming and Arizona. So... For those that don't watch you or don't know you, why do you do the six months? Is it for the obvious, for the temperatures? <laughs> well, my parents had been coming down to Yuma for about 25 years. And they kept saying, once Joe retires, you should do this. You can have two gardens. You can have the warmth. And Joe golfs, but he doesn't have a lot of other hobbies. You know, he metal detects, things like that. But those are summer things. And so we decided to come down last year and we stayed for, I think, about four months, just to, or maybe five months. We checked it out to see if we would like it and how a garden would grow. And we actually loved it. And Joe says it's like having twice as much life because you have mm -hmm. summer twice in a year. And mm -hmm. my garden is just fabulous. Like right now, my corn is over six feet tall. Wow. Wow. And I am loving, I, I got my first red tomato the other day and it's a whole different mindset, but it's a whole different soil too. And I had, there's a big learning curve too that you have to do. Wow. But we just did it because we were retired and it was just something that we thought was good for us. I do miss the snow, but I do not miss that cold. <laughs> <laughs> They have plenty of pictures for you over there, you know, up north. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Monica, would you like to go next? Yeah. So um, I I kind of was watching some of your stuff, and now I asked you a question earlier about the bacon and the peanut butter. We talking on the side there, but I was watching a bunch of your shorts and stuff. And I thought it was so creative just to have a bunch of different little tips and tricks. And I was wondering, um, you know, when you're just going about your day, wherever you are, did you, are you just like grabbing your camera and saying, you know what, I think I'm going to share this with someone because it reminded me of like, you remind me of like my mom or my aunt or somebody that's like, you know what, let me share this with everybody out there because you might be dealing with it too. 
So, I mean, were you just kind of, do you just have your camera ready so you can share all the little tips and tricks? I have it in my back pocket all the time. <laughs> and when, but the reason why I'm on YouTube in the very first place was my girls, you know, we have seven kids and the girls kept saying, you need to do a YouTube channel. And I kept saying, who wants to listen to an old woman? Because I would look at YouTube and there's all these young people, you know, they're doing all this fun, hip stuff, you know. And I said, why would anybody want to listen to me? And but they convinced me and I kept having people say, you're just like my grandma. I don't have my mom anymore, you know. And so I just thought, I'm just going to share my world with them. And so anytime I'm doing something, I go, oh, I bet you nobody thought about that or they don't don't do this, you know, a young person might not know that there's tabs in your <laughs> aluminum foil and that's what keeps it in the box. <laughs> and so sometimes I think, well, maybe that's silly. But then I have people comment and say, I didn't know that that's what those were for. And so it's in my pocket and it's just my world. <laughs> well, I love it because I think, like I said, like you said before, people say like grandma, but for me, you remind me of like my aunt or somebody that's just like, Hey, Monica, did you know if you put your cling wrap in the freezer, it'll work better. I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> put the cling yeah. wrap in the freezer. Are you serious? Yeah, because, like, yeah. Yeah. If it's humid in your house, your cling wrap wants to stick. So you just put it in the freezer. Yeah, I was like literally just scrolling through your shorts last night, looking at all these different ones that I had missed that I didn't see. And I was going through all the little tips and tricks. I'm like, this is amazing. I need to write these down. I'm going to forget. So yeah, thank you for being, you know, the aunt or the grandmom or the mom that's out there for a lot of people because there it's right. You're right. When people say that your daughters were spot on because there are a lot of people that don't have that people that maybe are displaced or have lost, um, you know, but when you move far away, when you're traveling, when you're military, you don't always have people to take with you, but you've got YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being that. Thank you. <laughs> and Sandy, you have so many different talents. I mean, that's one of the things that it, I think draws me to you is that not only do you know the gardening and the tips and all of that, but you also do the fused glass. You have other channels. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other things that you're involved in? Well, I have, I have two other channels. One of them is called Fuse Glass Artwork because, you know, as an artist, my husband always says, can't you try just one thing? Can't you just do one art art thing? And it's like, uh, no, uh, <laughs> you know, that doesn't work for me because art has to envelop me. And but Fuse Glass is probably one of my favorite things to do. And it is just one of those things you can express, express yourself with. Like this week, I've been making chickens, you know, fuse glass chickens. I have chickens that have little spikes that you can put in your planter. I have ones that hang because somebody gave me a suggestion. As a homesteader, you should do things that are homesteading mm -hmm. um, in your fuse glass also. And it's been a really fun channel. And every Friday, I give away what I made the week before. And I'm actually less than 10 people to 1,000 subscribers on that channel. And I'm just so excited because people have told me over and over again, I never knew that you could do this. I never knew this art form. And so that's, that warms my heart. Um, my other channel is one woman's walk with God. Uh, it's just my walk, how God has helped me through my life and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. so, that's awesome. Just sharing. 
That's awesome. And your fused glass is gorgeous. I was lucky enough to win an ornament from your giveaway and I could not put it away. So I hung it in my kitchen. <laughs> Good. I refuse to put it away. So I'm like, it's staying out. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that by the end of today's show, I think that channel will reach your thousand mark. Yes. I know for myself, I wasn't aware of this other channel. I will definitely be going over and subscribing to that because that has intrigued me. Just take my money now. I want to buy the chickens. <laughs> you have me a chicken. You had me a chicken. And if our mods are able to find those links and drop them in the chat, that would be wonderful as well. But I think I think today's the day you're going to make it to a thousand on that channel. Thank yeah. you. I Absolutely. appreciate that. We're going to get you there. Absolutely. I mean, people in the chat are asking for it, so they're very yeah. interested. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So when are you, uh, when do you usually start? So when do you go down to Arizona? Uh, this time we left October 2nd, I think we left. And then we got down here about the 5th. And then we'll stay here until April sometime. And it really depends on the weather on when we go back home. It's not like we have to be back on a certain day. Right. I do have to be back before I have to do my, file my taxes on the 15th. Because <laughs> my tax money <laughs> is up there. And I'd have to find somebody down here. But like last year, we just watched for a window of when there was no snow all the way back up through until we got back home. And there was a window about four days. And so that's when we left. So that's when you'll go home and start your Wyoming garden? We will, because there's Very plenty cool. of things that we can plant still. You know, I, I used to always start my tomatoes oh, into February, first part of March. I just start them a little bit later, but they catch up when this, the weather is warm and it all works out okay. Well, now that you're all checked in here at the hay bale, we've already asked you all those questions and I've started your gardening questions. Let's start talking about our gardens for 2022 for all of us. Awesome. So I already asked you about when you would start your garden, Sandy. So you'll start once you get back to Wyoming, but you do garden down in Arizona, correct? Correct. Yes. I have um, raised beds down here that I actually made out of um, cement board and cement board is what you put on when you're doing a shower. Mm -hmm. So the, the water doesn't go through the wall. And I thought to myself, I didn't want to do wood because we have termites in the soil down here. And I thought, what can I do? And so I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And somebody mentioned, um, using cement board, it has worked perfect. And so inexpensive, you do a whole raised bed and it's $10. Wow. Yeah. And it has, you know, we, we built them right when we first got here. Um, it has worked perfect. There isn't anything that will biodegrade in them. And so they'll just last like forever. Now, do you start seeds or, oh, sorry, Alicia, but no, I, I wanted to know about these, these raised beds. Do you have a video showing how you constructed those? I do want to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really simple, very easy. Um, it'll cut with the regular saw and, out of one sheet, you can make a raised bed. Awesome. I will be looking into that. Thank you. Go ahead, Monica. Yeah, I think Alicia has some plans now. She knows what's up. Well, I was <laughs> so we, I guess we're all thinking about starting seeds. And I think it really does depend on what zone you're in, which is super interesting oh. to have you here, Sandy, because you're in two zones. And it's kind of neat because they're completely different zones. Whereas, you know, 
Alicia and Lisa, and then Lady Boots and I, we're in obviously zones that are very similar, but it's fun to see when people start their seeds or it's interesting to know when to do all those things because it's not the same where everybody is. So are you, do you, for instance, Sandy, when you um, go back to Wyoming, do you just buy plants or do you start seeds then? Is it too late? Um, it's not too late because we'll go back the first part of April. Mm -hmm. And even though the plants may be a little bit smaller than they would have been if we weren't living in two places, the sun and the warmth will catch those up. You know, sometimes people tell me, oh, it's too late. I didn't plant my tomatoes. And it's like, plant them anyway. They will catch up. And by July, you won't know that it was a four-inch tomato versus an eight-inch tomato that you planted because it will catch up. But you just have to know when your last frost date is. That is really the key so that you back up and say, okay, I need to plant these, you know, start those seeds inside on this date, you know, because some things you only need four weeks before you plant it out. Tomatoes, you're way better having eight weeks if it's possible. You could do it earlier, but then you're gonna repot and repot as they grow. It just depends on how much work you wanna do. And it, every, every zone has different frost dates, but then within your yard, you may have different frost dates because you have microclimates. And where you might not be able to plant that tomato in this part of the yard, it's very protected over there and I can plant it two weeks earlier. So you just have to know your yard and that can make a difference. Now oh, that makes so much sense. Alicia, when do you start your garden? When will you start your seeds or start your sets? Well, I'm, I'm only coming into now my third year of gardening. Uh, and I believe last year I did start them around April in my summer kitchen and I had some grow lights in there and I started my seeds and then I moved them out and I paid attention to my last frost date, like Sandy says, but I still had a freak frost come through and you should have seen me out there. I pulled all of the patio furniture cushions off and I was making little tents over everything to save them. But that's about when I'll start them. I'll probably start putting some seeds together, everything but cucumbers in April. No more cucumbers this year. I think you've had enough cucumbers, haven't you? For a I lot of years. Cucumbers for a while. <laughs> Sandy, have you seen her little her little parody thing she put together? I didn't see that. No. You need I'm to go watch that. Okay. <laughs> worth a watch. Well, what about you, Casey? When do you when are you starting seeds or have you already I know I have already bought a bunch of seeds. Um, well, I buy my seeds like back at the end of the season. And so like October, November, I had already bought my seeds, but I didn't have to buy a whole lot this year. Um, so I had planned on actually starting this week because over here, right beside the shelf right here, there's another two metal shelves over here on this wall. And so that the metal shelving is where I hang my grow light. So I take two of those shelves, move my cannon stuff upstairs out of the way, and I use those two shelves to start my grow lights on. I had planned on doing that this weekend, but I just was being lazy and I didn't want to. So this week I'm going to start my grow lights and I'm going to start my onions from seed. And then I, and I should have probably already done it last month, but of course I just had too much on my plate. And so I'm going to start my onions this week and then I'm going to start my next set of brassicas and my broccoli and cabbage and all that stuff 
outside now and it's probably got a few more weeks and i'll be harvesting it for fall and then this set once those come out my next set of broccoli and cabbage and brussels sprouts and um all that brassicas and stuff all those will go out by february and then i will be harvesting those between may and june and during that time while they're out um they'll go out in february and so in March or so, I'll start most of my summer stuff, you know, the, the eight-week stuff in March, and then those will go out about the time the brassicas are coming out of the garden. So it's a fine balance to do it all year, but we can we can pretty much garden all year here. And, and I do want to throw in that in addition to starting some of my own seedlings, um, you know, we've all been pretty hit. We've been pretty hit. We've been hit pretty hard these last couple of years. And I decided last year to support my local nursery. I have a very small little nursery. And I thought I'm going to save a lot of my seeds this year because we don't know what's coming down the pike. So I saved a lot of my seeds and I went and I supported them because we were having some difficulties with just keeping some of our commerce up and going through some of these hard times we've had. And I thought I'll save those seeds for later and I will support them so that we keep them in business. So for those of you who are watching and listening, you don't want to do seeds this year and you're just starting to get into gardening, do some seeds, but also don't forget about your small local nurseries. They do need our support as well. And yeah. I don't even know whether one is around here. I mean, our nurseries around here are greenhouses and stuff. They grow flowers. Yeah. They don't have vegetables. Yeah. And so I either have to start mine or buy it at Walmart, you know, either or. That's my, yeah. my only options. Now, I will say, Casey, one of the things you may want to look into on maybe on Facebook or a lot of there's other social media ways, but Facebook has been a great avenue for me when it comes to local gardening, um, because there's not a lot of local places around here, too. There's I mean, there's a place, but it's probably an hour away. And um, one of the things I found was finding connecting with local gardeners. They will seed swap as well as start swap. Yes. Um, you know, Jesus Loving Homesteader, she lives very local to me. And we became a part of the same community on Facebook. And so last year, she had grown a bunch of seeds and she had all these extra little starts. And she's like, I have all these starts. Does anybody want them? I mean, she must have had an extra, you know, 30 different plants that were, you know, this big. And she's like, I don't want them to just die. And so people were just like, I'll take them. And so it was a great resource as a as an avenue to start swap, seed swap. People want to swap seeds. The great thing mm -hmm. too is, is if you're on Facebook and it's a local community thing, mm -hmm. it's within your zone. And that's one of the biggest things that I keep thinking is it's got to be within my zone if it's going to grow here or be something that I can. It's going to be Texas heat hardy. Mm -hmm. So that might be just, I'm in a bunch of different Facebook groups and stuff, but People around here just don't garden unless they're older, but older men usually, and they ain't on Facebook. You either have to know them personally, and there's not but a handful of them that I know. Um, I mean, I, probably just a handful, probably five that I know of that actually, you know, either start their own plants or actually have gardens. People around here don't garden. They yeah. they just don't. To be such a a country county you know so laid back and everything people don't they just they don't and i don't have but maybe three or four friends that actually have farms and animals in the whole county and it i feel like i'm just a loner out here and but and what, a, nobody, what a wonderful nobody watches my youtube here what a wonderful opportunity for you though 
because you can start all those extra seedlings. You can start putting the information out and people will come buy your seedlings. They won't. I thought about that last year. My daddy said, don't waste your time because nobody around here gardens. They want to go buy it from the store. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. one, one day they'll need me and that day's coming pretty soon. So that's mm -hmm. okay. I'll be here waiting. <laughs> Sandy, what, what do you have great success with in Wyoming? Because your climate is similar to us. Well, I, I think you can grow about any vegetable you want to. The only thing that I have not been very successful with is sweet potatoes because the season is just so short and I've tried starting them early, things like that. But it's just a matter of finding in your yard where the best place for that vegetable is because mm -hmm. I have my raised beds and I have my garden area, but then I plant vegetables any place else in my yard I want to right? because it might be a different microclimate and it might help me. And it's just a matter of adding some amendments to that area, that soil. I have a few little raised beds that are just about two feet by two feet that I just pop different places in my yard, fill them with soil compost, because I know that this plant needs really a lot of sun. So I'm going to plant it there, or I need to have it in the shade more and I can just move those anytime I want to. But it's like people told me I couldn't overwinter artichokes because of our cold weather up in Wyoming. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Why should I, why can't I grow an overwinter artichoke? So I put about two feet of straw over top of them and they overwinter. So it's just a matter of testing and trialing. And sometimes you fail and sometimes it's great and it succeeds. But if it's a failure, it's just like, okay, what do I have to change? Mm -hmm. Because I want that vegetable. Yeah. Or I want that fruit. Because they said I couldn't grow peaches. Well, you can grow peaches in Wyoming. You just have to mulch thickly in the wintertime so that it slows that progression of when it, because a fruit tree, when it goes into dormancy, it starts at the tip of the leaves and goes back to the roots. Yep. When it starts in the spring, it starts at the roots and it goes this way. So it goes to flower. So if I want those flowers later, I just mulch it really thick. And so the soil takes longer to heat up and I get my flowers later and then I get my peaches. Yeah. So it's just tricks, you know, find your way. Yeah. That's great. That makes so much sense. It's so funny. Cause I'm like thinking about all the things I need to go back and look, I'm making, making notes as I'm listening to you so that I can go back and like find these videos where you're talking about certain things, because I mean, the microclimate is a great tip and that's such a good thing to think about, which I understand so much of that, but because we have free range chickens and escape artist piglets and cows that are actively walking around in our yard at all different times of the year, because, you know, we have grass in the front yard, so we have to open that up. I, I think about all the things we would love to have. We would love to have different flowers in our yard, but we can't because of those crazy animals taking over our yard. But that's so, um, it's really smart to be able to use your full living space outside, you know, yeah. like that. That's awesome. And I think an important thing is, you know, we all talk about growing our gardens, but I think what Sandy has really brought to light is it's not just about growing your garden. It's about nurturing and knowing your garden. It's, right. it's not just putting that seed in the ground or that, you know, that young tree in the ground. You've got to nurture it. You've got to know what makes it work. You've got to invest that time. Uh, it's not just about 
growing. It's it's nurturing and learning and taking that knowledge and doing what's best for your garden. I think that it's funny that you mention it like that because I was actually thinking a lot about Gizmo, Monica and Eric's piglet, you know, and it's like you think about, you know, the injury it sustained, you think about all the love and the nurturing and the nourishing and all that that went into Gizmo, right? And he's thriving. It's the same thing with your garden. You know, it's putting all that effort into it versus just throwing a seed in and walking away. Exactly. One of the things that my brother and I experimented with were, because we save our tomato seeds. And so we started saving the very first seeds from the first red tomato of that variety. And the one that um, was the very last tomato on there. And those were the ones that we would save and we would plant. And we would do, we did that for four or five years. And on those particular um, tomatoes, we increased um, the production about two weeks. They started ripening earlier and they started staying on the vine later. And so that was a really fun experiment. And so if you can team tag with people to see what works and what doesn't work. He lives in South Dakota, so he's the climate is very similar. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of learning. And for everybody that's out there, if you have an extension office that's in your county, a lot of times they will have free seeds. They'll have seed libraries that the master gardeners manage. Mm. So you can get seeds and at no cost whatsoever. You know, some of it is saved seeds that people bring in. Um, companies donate at the end of the year because they can't put them in the shelves the next year. So it's just an option for somebody. That's all great. Where I'm going. <laughs> Alicia's taking a trip when it's nice weather out. Well, <laughs> nice is relative. Nice is Months relative. from now. Months from so. now, I'll be going to my extension office. <laughs> hey, look at that. Congratulations, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. We just reached 1,000 subscribers on her fused art for her glass. That's wonderful. ladies. Amazing. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're going to have more because people are going to rewatch. I'm sure people are going to listen. And I know that I haven't gone over there yet. So you'll at least have one more with me and Eric, I'm sure. So, and Alicia C. and Lady Roots, everybody's going to go over there here that didn't know that it was there. You know, it's funny to think about, you know, we've been talking about all this gardening stuff and um, really when to plant, um, what seeds to put in the ground, how to put it. I mean, the Ag Extension Office is such a great idea. And, you know, mm-hmm. so many people don't think about that. Um, you know, with kids, it's so important to because I homeschool my kids, I was thinking about when you were talking about you and your brother, that's such a cool thing because my kids and I are always in my garden. Um, but to be able when I homeschool them to be able to do experiments with the different plants and the different seeds and all the different, you know, I can't wait to use this as a resource this spring with my kids. And even now as the season starts, because I have a greenhouse this year. And so I'm excited to be able to experiment in there with my kids because all these wonderful lessons you can use in a garden can really apply to so many things out in the real world and, you know, in life and um, it's all about learning. So that's cool. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And I tell you, it works. I, I know that your greenhouse is a lot larger than ours, but I got to tell you, I've been getting the snow off of it every day (laughs) because it's, you know, it's a lot smaller. It's not as sturdy, but you know, that was too good a deal to pass up. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we were able to harvest some Swiss chard 
out of there while it was snowing outside. I mean, we're not going to get all year, but you know what? Pretty excited to be able to move the seedlings out of the house and into that at some point. That Lisa well, could have... Go ahead, go ahead. Um, there was something I learned since I've been down in Arizona about Swiss chard. In Yuma, Arizona, Swiss chard is a perennial and it will live for about 15 years and it gets a huge stock on it and the leaves just are flowing out of the top and you just keep um, picking it off and it'll get four or five feet tall. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So it that's was incredible. <laughs> that's cool. That's wow. incredible. Uh, well, back to the Facebook thing. <clears throat> um, I'm in one of the free giveaway swap things, um, one of the groups here in my county, and someone had taken down like an old metal frame canopy and was giving it away for free. Well, you know what I did? And I met them at Walmart and got it, and it, we haven't set it up yet uh, because we knew it was fixing the snow and all that stuff, and we just didn't want to get out there and do it yet. But it's like a 12 by 20 metal frame, like canopy frame. Yep. And I was like, well, shoot, I can just find a greenhouse cover or get some six mil plastic and make my own cover. And, you know, I could do like a high tunnel with that yep. because it would cover like half of my garden out there now. Or I could set it up to be a greenhouse when my yard ain't that big. But it's also, you know, where I can take it down and take it with us, you know, when we move here in a one to three years, whenever God gets ready for us to move. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, it was free. That's awesome. awesome. We've been, uh, Ryan, anyone who follows us knows that Ryan loves auction sites. And they had a, a local uh, organization that the property went to the state. It was sold. And so they've been having auctions. And Ryan was trying to get carports. Um, he bought a bunch of stuff there, but the carports just went too high. But that was his thought, was to get the carports for a high tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still looking, but that's a great idea, Casey. Score. Yes, I'm excited about it. <laughs> and of course, here it's really too warm that I, we don't really need greenhouses, you know, except right. for like the polar vortex that come through last year. Yeah, that would be nice. But everything I had outside survived, you know, so I'm, I'm still kind of iffy if I want to use it as a greenhouse or just do like the shade cloth over it and that kind of thing just to see how it does here because I see so many hotter climates using the shade cloth and stuff, but I'm like right there in that neutral zone where I don't really need it, but sometimes I do and I don't want to work myself to death doing it either. So yeah, it'll be a experiment. <laughs> it might be I'll, a good place for you to put, um, you know, the, the items like cabbage and stuff like that because you be able to put a cover over them pretty easily. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Something like that. I, I, we'll see how it works out. I don't know yet. I think for us, even though we're in the warmer climates, to have the greenhouse was a help just for the, what we're thinking is, is that maybe it'll help with um, keeping the animals out of what we're trying to start because there's like no other place here to start seeds because if wherever we put it, something or somebody is going to get to it. So it's a nice place, but I see a point. I see your point though. I mean, it's like, if we didn't have it as a barter, we probably wouldn't have it right now because it's, you know, I'm not going to work myself to death over it. One mm -hmm. thing that you, one thing a greenhouse will also do, especially if you're in a climate that's windy, it will help protect those plants because peppers hate being whipped with the wind and tomatoes do. And you can get tomatoes that are two or three times as tall in a greenhouse just because the wind is not just ramming it. Because in Wyoming, the wind is just horrid. Mm 
And the greenhouse really can help that. Oh, good call. It's good good to know. We were thinking of, of putting our tomatoes in the greenhouse and keeping them there mm-hmm. because they just take so long to mature, even if it's an early variety. So we were thinking we'll have all the tomatoes in there and then all the root vegetables outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So we want to hear from you. Um, in the chat, go ahead and start putting your comments in. And we're going to look back to see if anybody else has commented about when you start your gardens, when you start your seeds. So start letting us know if you haven't already. And we've got a few ladies that are going to go back and review the chat and bring up any comments. And we will talk about them and share y'all's experience, too. So don't forget, put the comments over there. We'll see if we can pull them up, see if you have any questions or comments about what you're doing for your garden this year. And while we're waiting for those to come up, let's go ahead and let's discuss uh, about our our sponsor. If you're enjoying topics here on Round the Hay Bale, be sure to scan the QR code on the screen to download previous episodes, so much more, everything about our sponsor that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But get those comments going so we can bring you in on this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also learn more about the sponsor, who is American Crafted Catalog. And this began with one simple question. So is there a place where we can buy uh, goods online that are produced from small farms and homesteads? That innocent question came from Brandy um, from Farm and Animals. And by the end of the day, the homestead community was at work. The American Crafted Catalog believe that working together as a community gives us a louder voice in the marketplace, and they are delighted to bring you the first edition of the catalog. Now, for more information on the American Crafted Catalog, visit the QR code on the screen right above Lady Boots right there. All right, ladies, so I see. did see a comment that uh, Mountain Martins, they start their seeds usually in late February. And Rebel Canners, she used an old trampoline for a greenhouse frame. I think that is a wonderful reuse, repurpose type of thing to do. I, th- I know myself, I don't live where there are a lot of families with trampolines. But after we have a big windstorm, I like to look and see if anybody's getting in, rid of any damaged trampoline so I can do something like that. I'm on the look for it. Yeah, I did a low tunnel out of a trampoline as well. I used half of it and did a low tunnel and covered like, I have three sections in my garden because I use old railroad ties and there's a big dispute about that, but they work fine in my garden, but they're eight foot sections. And so I can use a half of a trampoline over each section and it covers it really well. Well, little Frenchie, little Frenchie in big Texas said she just planted garlic around Christmas and hoping to make it this year because after a pretty good freeze, um, you know, it didn't make it last year. So we're crossing fingers over here and down and down in the Houston area for some garlic that was planted a little bit, you know, later than what they would normally say. I didn't plant my garlic in time this year. And I keep thinking maybe I should just throw it in there. Yeah. You got time. I, you know, that's Sandy was like, you know, it just grows a little later. Why not just throw it in there? Right. Yeah. 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 too. Did yours? Yeah. See, that's what I'm, I'm like, well, it can't hurt to try. Right. And Dale says we've begun our inside growing for the first time and be continuing to plant seeds and be ready for spring. That's there exciting. And who was over on the East coast. So different zones for different people. 
We start seeds early. They'll start all of our seeds. We have to start early because we need to be done by vineyard harvest. Yes. We start cold hardly plants end of the month. Yay. Exciting. And Bro Cowgirl said tomatoes and peppers will start in two weeks here. Pretty much everything else will be direct sown. I may plant another round of broccoli. Fall crop is bolted. Oh. Yeah. Broccoli is pretty tricky. Um, I, I mean, we had success growing it this year. And I know one of the things, and Sandy might be able to speak to this better, but one of the things that uh, we found in our research is, is keeping the soil cool and keeping it evenly moist, which is a challenge here because of the low humidity. But we found putting the cover over it was more successful. What are your thoughts, Sandy? Well, a few things that I've tried when it's been really hot out is you can buy bamboo fencing that people use for decorations in their yard. But I just made some PVC pipes that were hoops and then I put the bamboo fencing over it and it cooled the soil and it cooled those plants down. And that worked really well and not very expensive to do. But you could use a shade cloth, different things. You can mulch really thickly around them to keep that soil cooler or take advantage of places in your yard that are cooler and have more shade because brassicas, any broccolis, cabbages, any of that can tolerate a lot of shade where other plants can't tolerate the shade. Okay. And so placement can be a real help to that too. Awesome. Yes, we see broke cowgirls in Texas. Normally our broccoli does great this time of year. It's normally wonderful. I just pulled all of mine because even though we just got this freeze now, it bolted. It was starting to go to bolt. And I was like, oh, this is going to bolt if I leave it in because we had had in the 70s and 80s. I mean, on Christmas Day, it was 82 or 84. So, yeah, my broccoli was not loving life either uh, this <laughs> year. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so we've got time for one more comment before we move on. And that was from the Mennonite Farmhouse. We plan our early spring garden late March, but our last frost date is May 15th. We don't plant our summer garden until Memorial Day. Our first frost date is October 15th. That makes sense. It's a pretty tight window, but she gets quite a bit done in her garden, I know. That is true. That is true. Now it's time. Uh, everyone has been waiting for the challenge from last week. Last week, we were challenged to create a fun appetizer from a well-known entree, uh, which was pizza, which you guys voted for. And let's see what my co-host created. I did not create one. I apologize. It was due to feeling under the weather. But let's see what we have here. There is Alicia's. Let me get that comment off. Look at that. Look at my chicken approves. For those of you who can't see, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm holding a picture of my chicken, adoringly looking at my beautiful deconstructed pizza kebabs. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about these. For those of you who don't know, I've recently been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So when we had this come across that we were going to be making appetizers, out of an entree and the entree was pizza. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? I can't do all of the crust and everything. So I thought I'm gonna deconstruct the pizza utilizing my favorite toppings and I'm gonna make kebabs out of them. So I have some kebabs here with some plant-based Italian sausage because some of you also may not know I'm a vegetarian. So we have plant-based 
Italian sausage and plant-based pepperoni, black olives, green olives, mushrooms, pineapple, cherry tomatoes. And for one, one portion of each kebab, I took little pearls of mozzarella cheese and I wrapped them in just a tiny little bit of dough for a French bread loaf and popped those on the kebabs and I stuck them in my little convection oven. And I paired them with uh, some marinara sauce for dipping and sprinkled everything with some parsley and some freshly shaved uh, Parmesan. And, you know, we had these for our New Year's Eve uh, and hubby really enjoyed them and I enjoyed them. And I think we, this was just my first portion of my first batch. I think I made two full batches and we just enjoyed them throughout our New Year's. So they were ended up being a really great appetizer from an entree. Nicely done. Thank you. All right. And since Casey is not here this week, Casey created an air fryer pizza roll ball stuffed with homemade pizza sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. And they look so good. Mm. He's enjoying them. Clearly. <laughs> and then we have Casey, Lady Boots. You want to tell us about your app? That's a busy picture, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have recently come across a very, very good um, pizza crust dough recipe. And so last, it was week before last, and um, I had tried the pizza crust, making an actual pizza, and we loved it. We would probably rather just eat the crust than eat the pizza toppings all over it. And so my family requested it again and again and again. We had pizza like three weeks in the last two weeks. I mean, three times in the last two weeks. So I made up some extra pizza dough. And while I was eating the crust of the pizza one night, I'm like, you know what? I talked to the creator of the recipe, which will be in my video coming up this week, um, about using that recipe in a video to make the pretzels. And she was like, yeah, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. Well, then this challenge came out and I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. So I, I did the pictures for the challenge here using the extra pizza crust dough. And we made air fryer pretzels, little pretzel bites. And you can form them however you want to. You can make sticks. You can make bites. You can, you know, twist them up and, and make extra, actual uh, pretzels you know, however you want to do it. And then you can use marinara, pizza sauce, spaghetti sauce, whatever you have on hand, which the red stuff there is my homemade pizza slash spaghetti sauce. And then there's some cheese dip as well that we also enjoyed these for New Year's Eve party. And uh, so these, these were a big hit and you can put them back in the air fryer to warm them up and make them crispy again. Um, and, you know, just keep reusing them, you know, for a few days if you need to. So, I really had fun doing this and y'all watch for a video coming out this coming week too. Well, thank you, Casey. That sounded delicious. They were. Good. I can't wait for that video. I'm like planning it out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, you want to tell us a little bit about what you created? Okay. So my kids, you know, I have kids, um, five boys, ages 13 and under my mother, my youngest grouping of kids anyway. Um, and my daughter always makes lunches and stuff for us. And so she's always coming up with different things. So I decided for our pizza, um, appetizer, I would make little pizza bagel bites. We had some bagels in our house. And so the kids were kind of loving them. And so basically I just took some 
little mini bagels and made them in the little mini pizzas, threw them in the oven and the kids devoured them. It was really nice because it was, uh, they ate a few of them for lunch. So it was an appetizer for normal people and for little people, it ended up being a lovely lunch. So pizza sauce, some cheese and some chunks of pepperoni. And there you go. Pizza bagel bites. Great job, you guys. Mom, everything looks delicious. And you really did a short on that too. I did. I did a little reels actually over on, on Instagram. I might as well, right? It's always fun to do those. That was cute. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to hear from you. The mods will be dropping the link to vote for your favorite pizza app. The winner will release their recipe on our Round the Hay Bale Instagram page. Get your votes in. Start voting, friends. Let's see them. Start Ooh. voting. Ooh. Wow. I think, wow. I think everyone just wants the uh, recipe for that pizza crust she was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give everybody a chance to finish voting. Yeah, there's only eight votes in there, it looks like. Come on, guys. Yeah. I know we have a lot more watching, so. Pizza bagels are to die for. They are. Oh, I don't care if I get a single vote because you know what? That was the easiest one in the whole wide world. <laughs> oh, totally. That's if the easy I created one. one, I'd be right there with you. I mean, the thing is, is my kids, they love pizza. We have, um, my daughter makes these homemade pizza rolls. And if, you know, if I had had an inkling, I would have had Abigail just make it for me and then put it up there with my face against it. Like, ha look what he did. But <laughs> she makes these homemade pizza rolls and they are so good because they're not like pizza pockets. They're only like little, basically they're like, I don't know, like a little breads with chunks of Parmesan and mozzarella and everything. And you just pull them open like they're little rolls and they have pizza stuff. I mean, they're so good. My kids eat them all the time. They love them. Oh, well, if we can, if we can drop the link again, I see some in the chat are saying they cannot find the link to vote. So if we can get our mods to drop that link again. I voted for Casey's just so y'all know, but <laughs> You know, next time I thought about it while I was making them, I was like, you know, we could like do these around like little bits of meat or, you know, bacon or stuff them with cheese or something like that. So there may be a part two coming out with the, the pretzel bites being stuffed with cheese or meat or something like that. I was going to ask if you could stuff them with a little bit of mozzarella or like a mozzarella chunk of a mozzarella stick with some yeah. chunk of pepperoni or something in there. That would be. That would be my kid's jam right there. We're going to talk. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be another video. Yeah, Al Altruistic Farm said, said, I like making pizza on top of English muffins. And I was joking because if I was making one, that's probably what it would have been. <laughs> I yeah. love them like that. Yeah, we do too. My kids make, they even make the um, regular flour tortillas. If they're in a, if, if it's lunchtime and I'm not offering them what they want they will oftentimes go find a flour tortilla, which I always have in my refrigerator mm -hmm. or pantry. Yeah, there you go, the thins. And um, we'll just make tortilla pizzas. That's what they'll do. They'll just, can I make a tortilla pizza? I don't care, go for it. So tortilla pizzas. Yeah, probably almost as tasty as those thin ones that Casey just put up. Mm -hmm. We like to do those as well. Cause I mean, it's, it gives you less bread, but you still get you know all the flavor and toppings and everything that you want. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't eat. I, I didn't eat any of my pizza bagels. I would have gotten a tummy ache. It would have hurt my stomach. So I'm good. I let my I let my my kids eat it. They had fun. 
All right, y'all, let's get your votes in. We'll give you another couple of seconds and then we're going to declare a winner. And we got a tie here, so we got to break that. <laughs> we need to break that so Casey can leave her recipe for the pizza. <laughs> y'all know how to make pizza bagels, okay? <laughs> well, we had a couple of friends come over, you know, and dance with us on New Year's Eve. And it, I did the pretzel bite so I could do the pictures and do the video and stuff for the week. And so everybody come in and they started eating on them and we did our little closing thing, you know, where we're all taste testing them. And so this was like two or three o'clock in the afternoon when I'm getting done with the pretzel bites. And I'm like, y'all are going to be done ate them all. And so probably about six o'clock, I mean, they're making another batch because they don't ate them all. And, and so I ended up having to make like two or three batches that night just so people could just keep eating them because they were so good. It was crazy. Bunky said, I voted for Miss Monica. <laughs> oh, Last chance, you guys. We got, it looks like 19 votes, but we got 26 in the we chat. Need one more. One more. I do say, I have to say that Alicia, your pizza kebabs were like spot on. If I had known that we were doing this as just like a thing, like on a whim that Casey threw on us last week, yeah. I would have thought you would have planned that out. Like you had that already as a thing no. that you wanted to do. So I, I have to admit, I, I kind of went into a little bit of a panic attack last week when everybody picked pizza because I thought, what am I going to do? Because there's so much I can't have. And I just started thinking, deconstructing it. And I I told hubby, I said, I need your 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 little kebab skewers. And we couldn't find them. So we I actually made them on little little wooden coffee stir sticks. <laughs> so I'm stabbing pineapple and mushrooms on these little stir sticks and trying to be so gentle with them so that they could go into the oven, but they actually turned out really, really well. They really looked amazing. Them. They looked amazing. They look like, you know, you. you're a professional and you put it out there. And I was like, oh, okay, these look awesome. Mine look like some little kid made pizzas and threw them in <laughs> okay. the oven with but a lot of cheese. The audience, you know, our followers have spoken. So yeah, so alrighty, the winner is voting is over, and the winner is Monica with her Monica. pizza bagels. Okay, congratulations, yeah. Monica. Thank Simple you. Best. I will explain so. how to throw cheese on some bagels <laughs> on Instagram later. Look on the bright side; it's going to be easy. Right. <laughs> so easy and the good thing is i already did a reels so all the explanation is already there so i will go and i will explain a little bit further on instagram later i like that you Thank chose you. the mini bagels mm -hmm. but it's it's what i had and my my brain works for little kids so it's good for well, me it. and i think yeah. a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of time on an appetizer so doing something that is that speaks to their hearts of being simple is right. what pulled ahead here, and that's what counts. So, congratulations, Monica. Thank yeah, you. Congratulations, Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the pizza bagel love. <laughs> great job, everybody, on on the appetizers that you guys made. They looked amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And poor Casey, he wasn't here to really promote his pizza balls and really push for that last little bit. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad, but then I kind of don't because he was already talking it up on Instagram. He was like, "Hey, y'all, come vote for me." He was all over the board, everyone on Instagram, and Casey's going to listen to the back, and he's going to be like, what? He's going to try to cut me out, but he was all like, hey, y'all, hey, come vote for my stuff. Uh, I mean, go to the hay bale Monday and vote for my stuff. <laughs> we saw him. Lady Boots and I saw him being sneaky. 
we called him out. And so I'm wondering if that's why he had to dip out this morning. He didn't oh. want to face, the, you know, he didn't want to face the music. This No, we know that's not why he had a prior obligation, but needless to say, um, it's pretty convenient that he wasn't here to see it go down. I think it's fair to say that if he could have been here to promote and get those votes, he would have. He would have. I think I am actually lucky he wasn't here. So he that working the crowd, he would have been working the crowd. Yes, Casey, pew, pew, pew. He would have been like, vote for me. It would have been, been all Casey. Make sure you scan that QR code that you see up in the corner there if you don't already follow us. And be, be sure to follow all of us on Instagram. Grab that winning recipe around the hay bale on Instagram. It'll be there. I'll put it up there for y'all. <laughs> All right, so before we send you guys off, we want to thank you, Sandy, for joining us on our third episode for Around the Hay Bale. And it was loaded with information. You did really good today. Thank you very much for coming. And thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. I was just so excited and I was just, you know, I love your guys' channels. And it was just like, oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) So I appreciate it. Well, we thank you, Sandy. I, I, one of the things I just have to say, one of the things that I absolutely love about you is how genuine you are. Um, and that's just something that draws us all into you. And we just really appreciate you being here today. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was thank a blast. So thank you for having your phone in your pocket and sharing yeah. with us your life because it's, <laughs> hey, that's, that's the best. So be sure to catch up with Sandy over on all her channels, all her different social media avenues. Again, she's got three channels. Don't forget to check her out. And be sure to catch up with all of the other previous episodes on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, and Spotify. But first, let's see what is happening next week on Round the Hay Bale. Next time on Round the Hay Bale, YouTube's Mountain Grandma is back. With January being preparedness month on the Hay Bale, we're talking about prepping. Join us for canning tips and tricks seed starting and planting advice freezer friendly items and meals and so much more so grab a cup of joe and join us next week on round the hay bale hey Hey, y'all hey all righty friends thanks again for stopping by the hay bale thanks again to sandy for joining us and be sure to press that thumbs up and subscribe to join us every week